This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's Jan here. Good that you're listening to the Langpreneur podcast. This is episode number 25. Yes, I've been doing, I've been consistently uploading um, one podcast interview every single week on the Friday. And this is week number 25. So really, you know, I just wanted to thank you for all the uh, all the support and all the encouraging comments and emails that I have received so far. Really makes me happy every time I see an email from one of you guys telling me that you like the podcast. You know, that's really the one thing that gives me the motivation to keep doing this. So if you have any suggestions for other people that I should interview for the podcast, feel free to head over to, to Facebook, actually. We have a Facebook group. It's called Langpreneur. It's actually called Langpreneur Events. So feel free to join us there and connect to other like-minded Langpreneurs and let me know who you want to have on the podcast. Now, today we're going to do something differently. Uh, than usual because 25th episode I thought why not do something special and I know that many of you have been in lockdown for well at least a month depending where you are and you know some of you have been working really hard on your businesses so I thought in this in this well it's actually not an interview in this episode I wanted to go a little bit deeper you know usually we are doing these interviews and I really enjoy doing the interviews Fortunately, you guys like those too, right? But in this episode, I wanted to give you some more practical information. Because if you have a language business, maybe you're getting started or maybe you already have a business, you might be wondering, you know, what is the best way to bring, to take your language business to the next level? And that's a tricky question. You know, as, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're always asking ourselves, what is the next step? What what should I do next? So in this interview, I'm going to share with you a few case studies of Langpreneurs we have worked with. Um, as you guys know, we organize mastermind retreats at least once per year. In 2018, we organized one in Tenerife. Last year in Split, and this year we're actually planning to organize a mastermind in Crete, in Greece. We are planning to do that in October. Um, we actually already booked the venue, but um, yeah, we don't know if we can do it with this whole coronavirus situation, right? So basically, hosting all these events, doing all these masterminds, have really given us a good idea of what you guys are struggling with and what your guys' ambitions are, but we have learned a lot from doing these events. So what we are going to do in this podcast episode is we're going to share with you eight case studies of Langpreneurs we have worked with, and um, we will show them some of the problems that they were facing, and then we will also show you how we together found a solution to actually overcome those problems. So a few of these case studies come from the mastermind retreats and others come from consultation calls that I've recently been doing with lots of um, our fellow Langpreneurs uh, one-on-one over Skype. Um, 
and only in the last month I think I've done like 12 consultation calls so what are a few very interesting lessons learned and a few case studies that I wanted to share with you now if you are a beginner um, you will be able to relate to some of the people from the case study but you know I try to pick case studies from different people who are at different stages um, on the journey to building a successful language business right so yeah we have picked out eight of them and hopefully you're going to be able to relate to at least one of the following case studies so that you can implement similar strategies to the ones we are going to share with you hmm? and take your language business to the next level of course now Everything that we discussed during our events and on our consultation calls is confidential. So the names that you're going to hear are fictional. Okay. Okay. Are you guys ready? Case study number one. Mary the beginner. So Mary is a big fan of what we do at Langpreneur. She has listened to all our podcast interviews and she also... Um, She's also completed our Langpreneur Business Breakthrough course. Now, after months of research, she has a very good idea of what it takes to build a successful online language business. She really understands the importance of choosing a niche, thinking about your customer avatar, you know, the basics of email marketing. She understands all that very well. She basically knows what to do next. Now, the problem is uh, she wants to build a blog and a YouTube channel, and then eventually sell online courses. But the thing is that she's not really sure about what she's going to write about in her email sequence. You know, things like, okay, what are the beliefs, what are the false beliefs that I'm going to break in the email series? You know, this is a marketing technique. Actually, if you've taken one of our courses, you know what I'm talking about here. Um, you know, things like, what is my origin story? Um, she's also a bit worried that she doesn't know how to create digital courses, and she's also not really sure, you know, if she can be good at copywriting, writing sales pages, all that kind of stuff. So for that reason, she hasn't got started yet. Now, unfortunately, most people never get started with a language business. And Mary is a very typical example here. You know, Martin Luther King once says, you don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. So the problem that Mary is facing here is actually a mindset problem. For her, the next step is to actually start. So, you know, if you haven't started yes, if you haven't started yet, yes, it's good to think about what you want to teach, how you're going to do it, how you're going to beat the competition, you know, what is your unique selling point? What's your unique approach? How are you going to be better than everyone else who's already doing that? Get clarity on that, decide on the platform that you're gonna you know where you're gonna publish content you know you're gonna launch a podcast um you're gonna start a youtube channel a blog tiktok who knows decide on that and then just get started start creating content on a regular basis and build your audience right now only once you see that you're getting a bit of website traffic it's actually time to think about how you're gonna do your email marketing, what courses to create, what your origin story is, your brand statement, you know, define, really coming up with a good brand statement, developing a teaching system, all those things. You're not gonna get those things right in the first place. So in the beginning, just get started. Listen to what your audience says about you, what they like about you and your content, do more of that. And, um, 
just get started that's the main message here don't try to be perfect just take the next step right so was a mindset problem how do you overcome that well by just getting started and it's good if you are in a community with like-minded people who support you who support what you do and you actually encourage you to start so that's the first lesson now maybe you're not a complete beginner you find it a bit difficult to relate to this person no problem i have seven more case studies so the second case study that i have for you here is maria the serbian teacher now maria is a passionate teacher who teaches serbian to foreigners she has a small youtube channel and she has two websites multiple lead magnets uh, for students with different interests and she offers four Serbian courses aimed at various levels so for beginners intermediates and advanced now on top of that she also runs various Facebook groups for Serbian learners and she has experienced uh, experimented with Google Ads and Facebook Ads but she isn't sure if those campaigns were actually profitable or not now the big problem hardly anyone is buying her products so i had a long discussion with maria you know about the content of the courses and why people would like them why people would not like them, why people were not buying them but when we started actually looking at the numbers it turned out that maria's website had Sorry for that. And I'm actually not editing this because I want to know <laughs> I want you to know that this is that these recordings are real, okay? Now, it turned out that Maria's website had very very little traffic. And the thing is that if you have almost no website traffic and you have a small mailing list, it's really hard to tell whether a course is actually selling is actually converting or not. So we also discovered that she had been sending out articles to her email list once per week for over a year. Now she wanted to keep these articles exclusively for her email subscribers so they weren't published anywhere online. So we immediately recommended that she started publishing all those articles that she had on our blog so that Google could actually pick up some of the articles and start sending her more traffic and we also recommended her to stop doing hundreds of things at the same time and actually just focus on one on growing one platform at the time because the easiest way for your business to get traction in the beginning is by aiming to solve a very specific problem and you know refocusing on one platform now for her obviously that was uh, going to be her blog because she had all these articles that she hadn't published yet um, but she was going to do that now and then you might say okay but why would people opt in why would people give their email address if they don't get this weekly lesson well you can offer something else something that's another freebie another lead magnet that much more sustainable it can be a cheat sheet or a quick guide or a, a checklist you know a pdf something that you send when people sign up and that's enough. You don't need to promise that you're going to send them an article every single week. Just promise one freebie. That's enough, okay? Now, once she has more website traffic, it's going to be much easier to tell whether her courses are actually converting or not. 
And, you know, if you, when you have a bigger mailing list or when you have website traffic, it's also much easier to figure out why they are not, why your courses are not selling, right? If you have an email list, for example, you can survey the people who are on your list. You can also, if you have a lot of website traffic, you can also test different headlines, different sales pages, different pricing, all that kind of stuff, right? So again, for her, the first step was to get traffic first, right? So many people, you know, many of us, we like languages. We are passionate about languages. Many of us are teachers. We are passionate about creating our courses, but it all doesn't matter unless you have traffic. So traffic first. And um, in this case, Maria actually already had a course. So we also took a look at, you know, the courses that she already had, which one seemed to be the most popular, which one seemed to be working actually turned out to be an intermediate course. So um, you know, then, the qu then another question that you can ask yourself is, if you have an intermediate course, is how can you attract more people who are a good fit for my product, right? And the answer could be by, for example, writing more blog posts for intermediate students of Serbian, right? So she was going to double down on that as well. Lots of things here that we could do but the key strategy is to get more traffic, more qualified traffic, actually. That's a good fit for her course. Okay. Number three, John the Polyglot. So John is passionate about learning languages and he talks and writes about learning all kinds of languages. So he has been running a blog and a small YouTube channel for over five years now. And he recently developed a Spanish course. Uh, John has tried really hard over the last few years, lots of content out there. But he only managed to sell a few of his Spanish courses so far. So the problem, John was originally planning to quit his stressful job a few years ago, but he still hasn't been able to do so because his business just won't take off. People, enjoys, people enjoy John's work, but for some reason they just don't buy First, I have a question for you. If you want to learn Spanish, where, 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 where do you go? Who do you buy a course from? The thing is that people who have a problem, people who want to buy something in order to solve a problem, you know, and the problem could be that they can't speak Spanish, they want to buy from an expert. The thing with John is that he's, his message is very unfocused. Now, for example, one week he might talk about learning Japanese and then a week later he posts uh, a travel vlog from Greece. People simply don't see him as an expert when it comes to learning Spanish. Now, when we were looking at his Google Analytics, it also turned out that um, many of his um, website visitors actually landed on blog posts about learning Spanish. So that's a good thing. Now, we, what we recommended John to do here is to actually double down on creating content for Spanish and especially taking into account that he already had a Spanish course, right? Now, besides focusing on just one language, Spanish in this case, we also recommended John to think about creating a teaching approach or a method to make him more unique and to stand out from the crowd, right? Because John speaks all these languages, so clearly he knows how to learn languages, but he wasn't very clear about it. He just didn't have a very strong method. He didn't say what he stand for. 
like when you ask John how his system work or what his learning approach is, is it takes him five minutes to, to explain it. He uses lots of technical language. Now you want to make it as easy as possible for a website visitor, someone who understands your website to you know to quickly get a clear understanding of of, of what you're about, what you do, how you how you can help them. And having a system in place, um, I can actually give an example of that because at Language Boost, so that's a company that I run with my associate Lucas Bigetti. If you go to languageboost.biz, you see that we have a very clear system. We have a clear methodology. You know, we call it the more with less method. So we basically say we help you to learn a language with less, and we do that by teaching the most important words first. Uh, step number two is creating sentences with the most common combinations. So we teach you the most common combinations and you learn how to create sentences with those combinations. And then step number three is fluency training. And we do that through space repetition. And when you go to our website, you will actually, you know, we have a visual there, a graphic. You very quickly get an idea of how it works and what makes us unique, you know, People are wondering, oh, does this method really work? Um, you know, there's also some, we also try to make people curious. So, and John doesn't have that. Like if you go to his website, he's all over the place. Learn Japanese, learn Greek, learn Italian. Um, no methodology, beginners, intermediates, all over the place, right? So if you are passionate about learning languages and you really don't want to stick to one language, I mean, we recommend niching down right focus on at least on one language in the beginning but if you really want to teach multiple languages um over the next few years let's say then make sure that at least you have a system in place right so in our online workshop or in our course actually langpreneur business breakthrough we teach that there are three ways to niche down and having a system or having a certain teaching approach is one of them Okay, now when we were checking John's numbers, we also found out that the opt-in rate on his website was about 10 times lower than on our own websites. So we also suggested him to um, to change the call to actions, you know, change the headlines, make them more appealing so the more people would sign up and uh, sign up for his mailing list because the bigger your mailing list, the bigger your business, right? We've talked about this in previous podcast episodes before. Um in the end, you know, we as online langpreneurs, our mailing list is our business. The mailing list is the relationship with the people who like our stuff. And that's the business in the end. Um, if you want to know more about how that works, check out podcast episode. I think it was number yeah 23, Building an Audience. No, sorry, it was episode 22, um, interview that I had with Anthony uh Metivier about email marketing and learn more about how that works, okay? Case study number four, Olga, the English teacher from Russia. Now, Olga lives in Moscow and she teaches English. Most of her lessons take place at her clients' offices and homes and business is actually going very well. Now, the problem is... That her business is going so well that she doesn't have any free time anymore. She doesn't see how she can grow the business without having to hire teachers to do some of her work instead. 
Um, yeah, so this was one of our Langpreneur friends who joined us at, uh, at our mastermind retreat, one of our mastermind retreats. So what we recommended her to do, first thing, is to increase her rates by 50%. Now, yes, this was indeed a scary thing to do, but given that she had a waiting list of people who wanted to take lessons with her, she did it anyway. She was sure, right? Even if a few of her clients would would cancel, um, she had a waiting list, so she, she can just she could just reach out to them, and you know, there's always people ready to pay her good money for what she was offering. Now, instead of giving 90-minute lessons, we told her to reduce her lessons to 60 minutes and to only teach one lesson in person per week per client. So that way, she, so she did only one lesson in person and the rest over Skype or Zoom. And that way, she saved many hours of commuting during rush hour in Moscow. So she did not only save the time because of the fact that her lessons were much shorter now, but she also didn't have to travel anymore. Now, instead of charging by the hour, we also recommended her to sell packages instead, you know, and have her clients pay up front. Because if they pay up front, they're more likely to show up and to be motivated and less likely to cancel as well. So the idea here is that you don't want to be selling a language lesson. You want to sell results, right? Clients want results. Clients, eventually, they buy results. They don't want an hour of your time. No, they want to improve their English uh, speaking skills, for example. So when you sell a package, you can say, okay, this package, with this package, I bring you from this level to this level. With this package, I can help you to feel more confident in English. With this package... I can help you improving your accent in, in English. You know, and then in the end, if you're selling a result, people do not really care whether you're doing that in 20 lessons or in 10, as long as they get the result, right? So the packages that we brainstormed also included more self-study exercises and less one-on-one -on -one lessons, so that in the end, the client got even better value for money, even more results, and Olga ended up having much more free time and she almost doubled her revenue. Okay, so if you are a teacher, you are overworked, then here are a few things that you can do in order to have more time, earn more money. Especially if you have a full schedule, right? Raise your prices, maybe reduce um, the length of your, the duration of your lessons, sell packages instead, charge in front. These are all... Um, tactics that you can that you can do implement yeah not sure <laughs> remains the challenge doing a podcast in a language that's not your native language okay but i'm sure you guys can understand me right so number five yuri the japanese teacher on italki yuri teaches or yudi i should say teaches Japanese on italki and she has dozens of students. She teaches for eight hours per day, but because of the huge competition on platforms like italki, she didn't dare to charge more than $7 per hour. So the problem is that Yuri earned less than a minimum wage and hardly had any free time. The solution? We recommended Yuri start building her own platform and not depend on italki anymore. So we looked at her personal skills and interests 
And she actually really liked the idea of starting a podcast in order to build a following and a following of potential students, right? So people from her own, people from your own audience will always be happy to pay a premium to have one-on-one lessons with you. So that's a very good way to charge more, build a following, make yourself more exclusive, build all those relationships. Now, eventually, if you have a list, if you have a following, of course, eventually you can also stop selling your own time and sell online courses instead or challenges, um, you know, and do that so that you can liberate yourself from your teaching job. Now, if you do like teaching, then you don't have to do that, of course. It all depends on what you want. It all depends on your ambitions. Number six, Jane, the English teacher on YouTube. She's a, a YouTuber. Now, Jane has a YouTube channel with hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And she's making pretty good money with uh, AdSense. So um, YouTube pays her you know, a certain amount every month. Uh, and in exchange, they show advertisements on her YouTube videos. And she also makes some money with sponsorships. So she's making a very good living. And the problem is that Jane is so comfortable with what she does that she has no idea that she's leaving tons of money on the table. Now, we showed her some of you know, some numbers of other YouTubers that we know in the language learning industry. And that way, she finally realized that she could monetize her audience in a much more effective way. So we added an opt-in form on her website and we finally started collecting email addresses. She was not doing that before. She was, you know, all in on YouTube, basically. And we then launched a training program, which we sold to hundreds of people at high price points. So after the first launch, which took about six weeks, she immediately tripled her annual profits. And... You know, this is a very typical example of YouTubers or, you know, some people have a huge audience because the only thing they're focusing on is how do I get more subscribers? How do I get more subscribers? But it's very risky to do, to focus on just one platform because what if YouTube, you know, bans her YouTube channel from one day to another? You know, she was going to be completely out of business. So you really don't want to rely on just one platform. Ideally, you send people to your own website you know, you ask that email address because that way, you know, that's, like I said earlier in this episode, that's the real company asset, right? If YouTube, if your YouTube channel shuts down, you lose all those followers. But, you know, the, if you have a mailing list, you still have that relationship and you still have a way to reach out to those people and make an offer and sell, Right? So it's not only very safe for the business, but in this case, um, selling your own course is also much more profitable than you know getting paid for sponsorship or AdSense on YouTube. By the way, if you want to know more about how this works, I've done another podcast ep- podcast interview here with Lucas van Vive. I think it's episode number six. Uh, yeah, I think it's episode number six. And he talks about how to do six-figure launches on how to do six-figure YouTube launches. So this is for people who have a big following, let's say over 100,000 subscribers. Yeah, he gives you an idea of how you can make six figures uh, selling your own courses to your audience. 
Case Study Number 7. Heinrich, the German blogger. <laughs> Heinrich from Germany. I don't know why I picked that name. Has He has a very popular blog for German learners and uh, business is actually going very well. Now, there's only one thing and he has the feeling that he is not taking full advantage of the potential of his business. So he wants to grow his business, but he didn't know how. Um, this is actually also a case study from one of our masterminds. So we first doubled the prices of his courses. He was selling his courses for $97. And these courses were very good. He had lots of testimonials. They were very, um, very long courses, lots of content. And um, yeah, we thought we can sell them for more. So instead of selling them for 97 we are now selling them for 100 and 197 now in order for the numbers of sales not to drop we created a more appealing offer we also improved the sales copy and the email sequences and on the sales page right um yeah so the sales page was much more convincing and it really showed the value of the course in a in a much better way than before um now, Heinrich had another course that he stopped selling because he thought it was no longer relevant to his business. Now, we took that course, we made a few adjustments here and there, we rebranded it, and we're now offering that as an upsell after people buy his main course. So people buy his main course, and then basically there's a screen which says one-time offer. I have this great other course. Usually it's $150. Now you can get it for uh, 47 It's a one-time offer now and ever. Okay, so having an upsell is a very powerful way to, well, quickly, actually, quickly, especially if you already have a product, right? It's very easy to implement and you will make more money in that certain funnel overnight. If you have a good offer, then one out of five people um, end up buying your upsell. These are, you know, that's... Uh, the average in, in our industry, as far as I know. So after people finish Heinrich's main course, we are now also offering a membership program for $37 per month. So the combination of these three changes has really increased his revenue, his average customer value, as we call it, and his business became much more profitable. So the idea here, what we did with Heinrich, basically we, well, we made his... Um, it's often more appealing. We improve the copywriting, his branding as well. And uh, we increased his price. And on top of that, we also sold more products to um, uh, to his following or to his buyers, basically. Now, the last one. Number eight, Dave the Blogger. Now, Dave has a huge language learning blog and he offers a bunch of courses for multiple languages. He's making hundreds of thousands of dollars per year and overall nah, he's very satisfied with his business as you can imagine. He's location independent and he's making a lot of money, you know, much more than, than he hoped for when he started this business six years ago. And this is actually, I'm not making this up, the story here. I just changed the name. So some of his website visitors are actually ready to buy but he can't easily find his courses because Dave only offers his courses to his email subscribers who make it to the end of his long email series, to the end of his sales funnel, right? 
Now, actually, the solution was a very easy solution. So we added a quiz in the sidebar of this blog, um, you know, with the title Discover Your Perfect Language Learning Course. Now, then after answering a few questions, we directly send a lead to the sales page of the course that fits him or her best. Very simple thing to do, right? But he completely forgot about this. You know, he completely, he thought that because his courses are quite expensive and he thought that in order to make a sale, in order to sell a digital course for, let's say, two, three or four hundred dollars, that you first need to educate them. And that's usually the case. But some people, they just land on your website and they're ready to buy now. And he wasn't, he forgot about that. So we implemented a quiz and he actually increased his turnover or the turnover of his business by 20% overnight. Now imagine he was already making multiple hundreds of thousands of euros per year. And now after doing that, which was like one afternoon of work, was making 20% more of that. So there you can really see the power of making little tweaks, but also the power of connecting to connecting to other Langpreneurs and exchanging ideas. Because if you have that volume, if you already have a bunch of courses and you have a lot of website traffic, there's lots of things that you can do in order to um, to to grow your business. But the key is really to you know to find those uh, those actions or those changes that are that you can that you can do quickly, that you can implement quickly, and that have a big return on investment. Right, and this was one of them. Okay, so these were eight case studies. I hope that you are able to that you were able to relate to at least one of these um, one of these examples, and maybe you can actually implement some of the same strategies that I've shared here in your own business. Right now, making more money in your business basically comes comes down to three things. So there are three things to make more money. Number one is to get more clients. Right. And that's basically what we did with Dave here as well. We made it easier for people to become a client. To be more expensive. And that's something that we did in with the German blogger. Remember, we doubled the course prices, but also the the Olga, the English teacher from English. We increased her rate by 50%. And then we also had uh, John the Polyglot, right? So we, he was, he's going to work on a methodology now so that he can stand out more from the rest and so that he can charge more for his courses because he's going to be more unique, right? Um, so yes, one way is to make, sorry, get more clients, to be more expensive and then eventually to sell more to existing clients, right? And that's what we did with Heinrich, for example. Um, we added an upsell and we also added a membership to people who bought his main course. So these are the only three ways to make more money in the end, get more clients to be more expensive and to sell more to existing clients. Now, the big question, of course, for you is how can you get more clients? How can you be more expensive and how can you sell more to existing clients? Right. And hopefully this, the stories here that I shared with you today have given you a few ideas, some ideas of how you can do that, right? Now, one last thing. Don't become too obsessed with money because you need to 
choose a business model in the end that's going to make you happy, right? So if you if you're super passionate about teaching languages one on one for example, then you know, you should just continue doing that if that's what makes you happy. Here at Langpreneur, we're not just about making money, we're not just about learning languages either, but we are really about um, you know, turning your language skills into a profitable online business so that you can live the life that you want. That's really what we are trying, what I'm trying to help you with here on the podcast, right? Now, the big question, do you want me or do you want us to help you to take your language business to the next level? Now, actually, this week I launched a six-month one-on-one coaching program. And uh, yeah, so what we basically do in this coaching program is we discover the holes in your business, we fix them, we help you to instantly generate more monthly revenue. That's just one thing that we can do for you. But also think about, you know, we can also help you get in clarity, your current situation, and create a killer business strategy based on your personal ambitions. Um, We can help you setting up an email sequence. We can help you writing sales pages, designing courses, all that kind of stuff. We can also just have a website, you know, like a website audit. So we go through your website, we see where the opportunities are and how you can basically start making more money, you know, in the next um, six months. yeah, if that sounds like something for you, then let us know. Um, I'm mainly going to do these coaching sessions myself, two coaching sessions per month. But, um, you know, Oli, Oli Langpreneur, Oli, Oli Riches, um, you know, co-founder of Langpreneur, he found, um, he built a million business, sorry, he built a million dollar business himself. He's actually doing more than one million in annual revenue. And he's going to give us input as well for every strategic decision that we make for your business, right? So that we're sure that we're doing the best thing possible for you and your business. If that sounds like something for you, and if you already have some website traffic or you have a following, then I highly recommend it to have us take a look at your business because there's probably some opportunities there, some potential that you're not using. Um, Yeah. Well, the thing is that this program is not very cheap, but on the other hand, it's not very expensive either. So again, if you already have a following, it's going to be worthwhile to send us an email and see if you qualify, right? Email address info at langpreneur.com. Let me know if you're interested in this thing. I'm looking forward to working together with you. And yeah, I hope that this interv- that this episode has been an interesting one for you. I hope that you've yeah, more insights about better idea of how you can take your language business to the next level next week we will be back here again on the podcast with a regular episode with another interview with an inspiring langpreneur that was it for this week thank you very much for listening looking forward to seeing you on the next episode Want to learn how you can grow your language business or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events? Then go to our website, langpreneur.com. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.